game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Draw, though. Drysaddle finds Yamamoto. Here's a breakout pass to Drysaddle. Free. And shoots and scores. He beat Jake Allen Loglow from Kyler Yamamoto. It's two goals for Leon Drysaddle. He takes sole possession of the NHL scoring lead, and the Edmonton Oilers win it 4 2 over the St. Louis Blues. All Edmonton. In the first period, all St. Louis in the second period. Blues tied early in the third, but then Drysettle comes right back with the GWG. And Josh Archibald, unassisted, shorthanded into an empty net, seals the deal. Miko Koskinen, solid between the pipes, winds up with 30 saves as the Oilers improve to 27-18-6. and And they will ride this win into another chapter of the Battle of Alberta tomorrow night in Calgary. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is one minute before 10 o'clock, live in Studio 99, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We will have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along tonight, looking for someone to finish the play as well at 780-496-0063. So, Leon Dreisaitl now with 79 points, two ahead of Connor McDavid for the scoring lead. Dreisaitl has a 10-game point streak, 18 points, over that run, and here's a little bit of trivia to keep an eye on as well. Dreisaitl, 50 goals last season. He had 27 after 51 games. Well, tonight, the 51st game of the year, Dreisaitl has 29 goals, so the the chase for another 50-goal season for Dreisaitl, also a storyline as we move along. The first period tonight was all Edmonton, and I think it was a combination of the Oilers attacking pretty well, but often being gifted opportunities as the Blues were not very good with the puck. Dreisaitl got a pass from Nugent Hopkins, who took advantage of a Blues turnover in the neutral zone. Nugent Hopkins gets it across to Dreisaitl, rips it home 531 into the game. And then uh, the only goal, I think, out of the five that beat goaltenders tonight that you could say was a bit of a soft goal, and that is Caleb Jones floating one in from the blue line just 17 seconds after Dreisaitl scored. Matt Benning got the assist on that. 13-3 the shots for the Oilers in the first period, and then the defending champs came out looking exactly like the team that won the Stanley Cup last season. Just pounding the Oilers for most of the period. Uh, 14 shots on goal. Edmonton did get it back a little bit late in the second period and had a couple of opportunities. David Perron scored his 23rd of the year. He's on his knees with his back to the net, and he's able to battle Oscar Kleffbaum and swipe the puck behind Miko Koskinen. Blues four-check early in the third. Robert Thomas ties it up on a goal by Tyler Bozak, but then just 2-0-1 later, it's Dreisaitl ripping home the game winner on a play that I want to break down with Rob Brown because I don't know if the Blues defended that one as uh, as well as they could. The special team story tonight, the Oilers 0-for-1 on the power play. The Blues go 0-for-3 as we bring Rob Brown into Studio 99 as uh, the Oilers have a 4-2 win over St. Louis. Well, Rob, this was, I mean, a really entertaining game again. Two, two in a row here at Rogers Place. Um, I was just saying all Edmonton early. St. Louis responded. The winning goal by, by Dreisaitl, when Yamamoto broke up with the puck, I thought it was going to be a two-on-two, and Dreisaitl basically wound up with a partial breakaway. Yeah, it was poorly played by Justin Falk. It, 
Yamamoto has the puck. He's coming out of his zone. He's going down on Peter Angelo, you know, arguably the St. Louis Blues' best defenseman. If Falk stays in his position, it's a two-on-two with back checkers coming. Yamamoto probably dumps the puck in. He, I don't think he's going to try to beat Peter Angelo one-on-one. It's a two-on-two. You're not going to throw it across the blue line and risk turning the puck over. So Yamamoto probably puts a nice soft dump into the offensive zone and tries to forecheck. Instead, Justin Falk leaves his position, comes over. Now two, two St. Louis defensemen are within 10 feet of Yamamoto. So now it's a... It's just an area pass that Yamamoto has to do. Just put it in somewhere that Leon Dreisaitl can race. Because what we've seen, and we saw it last game against the Flames, when Leon Dreisaitl gets ahead of steam going, he's as fast as anyone in the National Hockey League. And it was a race, and Leon wins the race. And, and then, it's just talking with Jack Michaels up there too, probably not a good goal but for Jake Allen to give up there either. To be, get beat short side on the, on the glove side from that area, when Leon really has no options. He has to shoot from where he is. If Jake Allen comes out, takes the angle away, that probably shouldn't have gone in as well. Having said that, a great play by Yamamoto. Fantastic finish by Leon Dreisaitl. And that line, again, and it has been since they've been put together, was the Oilers' best line. They are the number one line. It, it's pretty good when you're, you, you have Connor McDavid on your team and he's not on your first line because the first line right now for the Edmonton Oilers is Leon Dreisaitl's. They were excellent tonight. Well, and I think that continues to be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers go 6-1-2 and two in January. Really good month. 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 since Yamamoto joined the roster. In that span, Dreisaitl has 18 points in 10 games. Nugent Hopkins, who we were being asked, oh, is he? why can't he produce? He should be doing more. He has 16 points in the last 10 games. McDavid still has 14 in 10. And Archibald and Yamamoto both have 8 in 10. And, and, and again, with Yamamoto, I, I mean, I know I talk about it a lot, but when he stops producing, I guess we'll stop talking about it. 8 points in 10 games, he's plus 9. Well, and he's solidified a, 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 well, a second or a first line, but he's smart. He's good defensively. He does all the little things right. And that's why guys like Leon Dreisler, who's talked about the fact that he enjoys playing with Yamamoto, because he keeps plays alive. Uh, he's safe. You know you can trust him. He, he, in your own zone, he gets pucks out. He doesn't get knocked off the puck. And that was one of the big fears that you know a lot of people talked about before he came up here is he too small to play at this level. Is he going to get bumped around, knocked around? I've yet to see him get knocked off a puck. And there was a great example. He went behind the net tonight, and I think it was Peter Angelo was trying to rub him off, and Yamamoto just bounced off him and just kept going around the net. Uh, all three guys on that line think the game the same way. Yamamoto, I don't think at the National Hockey League level he's going to put up the numbers that he was had in junior. But I think he's going to be a very productive National Hockey League player. And, and, but he's going he's gonna to have the trust of the coaching staff. He's going to play in situations, whether it's a defensive zone face-off, a four-on-four. Four. We've seen him three-on-three three in overtime. The coaches trust him because he does all the little things right. Having him stay a little bit longer in the minors, continue to improve on his game, I think has paid huge dividends because this time when he came up, he was prepared to take that step forward, and we've seen that in the 10 games he's been here. All right, so 4-2, the Oilers beat the Blues tonight. Caleb Jones also scored. That made it 2-0 Oilers early in the first period. The three stars this evening, Dreisaitl, no doubt about it, is uh, the first star. His key stats 
tonight. He goes plus three, played just over 20 minutes, six shots on goal. He took 28 face-offs and won 16 of them for 57%. By the way, McDavid was 58% in the circle tonight, so good nights for both guys. But no doubt about it, Dreisaitl, the first star. Adam Larson, the second star. Nugent Hopkins selected as the uh, third star. Our fourth star is for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot only community just off to Williger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. We, we can pick different guys if, if, if you want, Rob, but I mean, I know it's kind of a easy way out, but I gotta go with the winning goaltender. I mean, at the end of the day, Koskinen held his ground and held the Blues to two. Uh, he, he was good. Uh, he Well, he was better than Allen in the opposite end. And if your goaltender is better, the better of the two goaltenders usually win. I thought the, the best player on the ice for both teams was Leon Dreisaitl. I thought the second best player on the ice was Kyler Yamamoto. I thought the first goal, the Jones goal, which or sorry, the second goal, the one that Jones scored, that was not a good goal on Allen. But Yamamoto was standing right in front of the goalie's eyes. He also sets up the game-winning goal. I thought Yamamoto was fantastic. He's plus three on the night as well. And another player, and it's a little side note. I know that was uh, our, our four-star. But Matt Benning, he gets the huge goal in his first game back from a concussion. Tonight he gets an assist. He's plus three tonight. He's now plus 11 on the season. The only player in double digits on a team that has guys in the minus teens and in the minus 20s, he's plus 11. That is incredible for any defenseman, let alone a third-pairing defenseman. All right, so the Oilers take it 4-2. Let's go down to the room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. The first star, Leon Dreisaitl. Third period, Leon, where you, know, you guys you give up the lead, but just find a way to push back and maybe how much good that can be this group. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, obviously, it's no secret that you know that team over there they know how to win they know how to win hockey games and um you know to uh, to tie it up for them and then for us to to come back and and you know win the game it's uh, it's huge uh, it's a big confidence boost for sure yeah those are some moments eh, that uh, probably this team has tried and maybe not passed that test in the past and today you pass it is that a bit of a milestone almost like must be good i mean i'm sure we've we've done it before um you know obviously it's it's still a work in progress something that we have to do better something that um you know on our way to to learning that that part of the game and yeah like i said tonight was was a great step in a in a good direction you won't overstate it but i mean the past kind of threw at you there um the, the way the line is working like does it feel like there's a, a nice chemistry developing with him yeah for sure um i think we we click well we've been uh you know generating some some chances and generating uh um chemistry with each other and, and um you know both of them have have huge uh high hockey IQ, you know, and it makes it easy to play with guys like that. So, um, yeah, it's fun fun to play right now. Hopefully uh, we can keep it going. You beat him with a glove both times. Just one of those things or were you aiming his stuff? Uh, no, it's, it's just, anyway, just one of those things <laughs> where, you know, on the first one, obviously, you know, I'm burying my head and I try to shoot it as hard as I can. So um, not necessarily picking corners there. There's second one, you just try to get it off as fast. Yeah, I, I, there was a stick there and I just tried to get it off as, as quickly as I could. Um, you know, fortunately, I went in. There's no, I mean, there's no rest. You're intense game the other night against Calgary. Now you got this right back at it. Um, maybe just your thoughts on getting right back at it in a division matchup. That yeah, it's it's huge. Uh, every game is huge right now. Um, standings are tight. Um, points are tight. So, um, yeah, just got to keep going, you know, keep grinding away, uh, keep getting points. And um, like I said out there, uh, hopefully at the end it will be enough. 
Brendan Escott working in the Oilers dressing room. That's Leon Dreisaitl. 4-2, the Oilers beat the Blues. And, yeah, it is tight. A lot of scoreboard watching, courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Golden Knights win 4-3 over the Hurricanes. So, I mean, Vancouver 62, Edmonton and Calgary 60, Vegas 59, Arizona 58. That's the Pacific Division. Uh, Edmonton and Vancouver have played the least number of games, so slight advantage uh, to, to them in this race. They're both at 51, so it, it's pretty incredible. Other action, Capitals over the Senators 5-3. Ovechkin passes Messier for eighth all-time in goals. He scores two more tonight. Uh, it's amazing that he continues to produce at the level that he's producing year after year. We saw how exciting it was last year when Leon scored 50. Alex gets, doesn't get out of bed unless he's going to score his 50th <laughs> that night. Another two goals for Alex is great. He's, and every time he scores goals nowadays, he's passing an NHL yeah. great in the standings. Today it was messy. Bruins over the Jets 2-1. Uh, Ehlers and Marchand, a quick bout in that game. The Bruins are 30-10-12. and 12. Look at a funny uh, overtime shootout record. The Lightning lead the Ducks 3-2 with 10 minutes left. The Rangers drop Detroit 4-2. Man, the Red Wings 12-36-4 on the season. And the Penguins, you're going to love this one, Rob. Penguins in overtime against the Flyers 4-3 the final. That does it, not hurt your feelings. It does not hurt my feelings anytime the Penguins beat up on the Flyers. I'm pretty sure Sid the Kid, who's now Sid the Old Man, he had a goal and two assists. He's been on fire since he came back from his injury. And the Oilers farm team trailing Ontario 4-2 early in the third. The Raptors won earlier tonight 105-92 over the Pistons and Oil Kings uh, home tomorrow to the Winnipeg Ice here at Rogers Place. Okay, 780-496-0063. Edmonton beats St. Louis 4-2. We have Robert standing by. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, well, uh, well, I have a... Uh, I have a couple thoughts on the game tonight. First of all, tonight I I think I think uh, I noticed that the difference that I noticed tonight with the Oilers uh, was uh, against uh, playing against a really good team was uh, they 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 had the had that fast start which was good, but I also noticed that in the third period when St. Louis came back and tied it up, the oil the Oilers in the past probably 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 would have wilted and and probably end up losing that game but tonight they i thought they they pushed us they pushed right back and and found a way to win so i said th- i think that's a i think that a, that's the major difference between this year's team and last year's team and uh, i have an, uh, other thought is on Koskinen. and i thought no i thought i thought he played well especially Considering you know the first period he wasn't uh, he uh, he wasn't tested much. I thought it, thought he looked good. Made the made the big saves at the the big moments, as uh, Rob Brown likes to say. Um, and then uh, my final thought is on tomorrow's game. I'm assuming that I want to. I, I, I assume that uh, uh, Tyler Denson does play. Now, if he does, where do you put him? Do you put do you, do you put him on your second line or on your third line? But if it were me, I, I would put him on on the third line simply because you can't you can't break up Drysdale, Nugent, Yamamoto. No, they, oh, no they're, not, they're be, not changing that, that line. line yeah. will, that line might be together forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now it'll be it'll be up to whether they want to put Archibald back with Shane and give Benson a chance with McDavid. Which you know what, uh, I wouldn't surprise me, and it wouldn't surprise me because. McDavid has not been 5-5 five five, they have not been creating a whole lot his line he has 
but his line mates haven't. I think he needs someone on that line that can create plays. So it would not surprise me if Benson gets an opportunity to play with Connor McDavid tomorrow because they would like someone to help create plays for Connor McDavid because as of late, most of the stuff that Connor's been doing has been by himself. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Robert. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would. I, I had. I had had one last thought. It was regarding tomorrow. I think uh, the, uh, the other defenseman that was called up, uh, uh, Lagason. Uh, does he go in, or do you, do you leave the leave the the deep pairings the way they were? I would uh, personally, I would leave them simply because we won tonight. I, I think they'll leave them. I, I mean, the third pairing tonight for the Edmonton Oilers was plus three. Caleb Jones and, and Matt Benning were plus three, so you're not taking either of those two out, and the top four aren't coming out. So, no, they'll go with the exact same defense. The difference will be is if Benson comes in or not. I would think that he would. And if it's me, I put him right up with Connor McDavid and see what he can do. Haas played 8.30. Russell played 8.01. I would think one of those two come out. Shane only played 10 minutes, but he's going to be in there to kill penalties. And, and, and Jujar struggled tonight, too. So played, yeah, I played twelve forty nine. So, but I, I think what it, happens. I think it'll be Russell. will be okay. out of the lineup. Benson will be yeah. in the lineup, and I honestly I would put Benson with Connor McDavid and have at or see what you can do, kid. All right, Oilers win it four two over the Blues. You'll hear from both head coaches when we get back. Daryl is going to finish the play. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. O'Reilly didn't give it back to him, strangely. Now does cross ice, beautiful backhand, and then a wrist shot stopped by Koskinen, high glove. Miko Koskinen saved the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, Be Wise, Winter Rise. Koskinen stops 30. His record on the season goes to 15-9-2. We uh, strongly expect Mike Smith to start tomorrow, which would be his 28th appearance of the season. This was Koskinen's 28th tonight. They, they're, they're splitting them. It hasn't been too on, too off like at the start of the season, but it, they, they've wound up with, with the, I mean, each guy's been pulled a couple of times, but they, they're, they're going to have the same number of appearances after tomorrow night's game. And, and again, a, a confidence boost for, for Koskinen tonight. Uh, he, Smith has kind of wrestled the number one role away from Koskinen a little bit over the last month. But if Koskinen gives them efforts like he did tonight against the Blues, it's going to make it easier for Dave Tippett to go to him whenever he feels like it. So the Oilers have got a tough stretch to finish the season. They've had their easy stretch. They've had the the rest between games. They've had the long all-star break. Now they're going to be playing almost every second night the rest of the year. They're going to need two goaltenders to give them quality starts. Tonight, Koskinen gave them a quality start. All right, let's go down to the Oilers Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Um, Dave, maybe just if you can talk about what you saw from your group in the third period. You know, St. Louis got one back on you and then you counterpunch. It was, uh, it was a good game. I thought we played really well in the first period. They probably didn't like their game in the first period. We knew they were going to push back hard in the second period. They did. We could have done some things better in the second, and the third was pretty even. Pretty even. We, uh, you know, it was a hard-fought game. Drysaddle came up with a big goal for us, and then uh, we got a big kill at the end. They got an empty netter. So hard-fought game. I was. Uh, I thought our guys played with good energy. There were some things... Uh, you know, the players had talked about making sure they're 
putting the work in and supporting each other on the ice, and I thought they did a great job of it. You talk about Leon's play individually. He was a horse out there. Yeah, I, the whole line was good, you know, but, but uh, Leon gets going. That's a big man's game. He played well in that game, you know. Made a couple of both his goals are, you know, they're good goals. They're not they're well-earned goals. So that line has played well for us, and uh, it's good to see Leo kind of, he's got his game turned back the other way and is playing very well. You don't want to overstate it, but when the Stanley Cup champions come into town and, and they ratchet up their game, does it maybe tell you something about your team to watch them uh, try and match that? And we, we, these are games that you learn a lot about your team because that's a good team. They're a good, deep team. And, uh, you know, I thought our guys met the challenge pretty well tonight. There's uh, especially losing a couple, you know, losing Nygaard and Neil and, and Russell out of our lineup today. There was opportunity for other people. I thought Jonesy came in and played, played real well for us. Um, you know, so it's uh, Archie jumped over to the left side, played over there with Connor, who's he was solid. So, um, you know, right through our group, I give them credit for meeting the challenge uh, against a real good team. Um, is James Neal day to day? Day to day. Day to day. Think he'll be available tomorrow? Um, I would put him real questionable for tomorrow, but he's going to come on the trip with us. I don't know. We just won tonight. Why would I change the lineup? We'll see. We'll see. I, uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to him much yet, so we'll uh, we'll see. He'll, he's going to get a chance to play, though. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Edmonton wins tonight 4-2 over St. Louis, so he was asked if Benson might play tomorrow, and he says, well, we won, so why would I change the lineup? But he might change the lineup. We'll, we'll, we'll find out more uh, tomorrow for sure. Josh, uh, I mentioned Josh Archibald has eight points in his last ten games. Some games with McDavid, some games not. And he's able to seal it tonight. And the Blues had the guy who you want to shoot the puck from the hash marks. And David Perron, who scored a great goal in the second period, a tough end of the game. He lost that one to Archibald, and then he took a puck to the face right at the buzzer. But Archibald able to steal it and seal it shorthanded. Yeah, I mean, you, you feel for Perron. There was quite a bit of blood where wherever he got hit in the face, it was cut open pretty good. Uh, it was a good play by Archibald. He got himself in a shooting lane. So when he got himself in the shooting lane right at the end of the game, Perron tried to drag the puck around him because he couldn't get the puck on net. When he tried to, the puck bounces off his stick, and Archibald pounced on the puck. And at that point, it's a, a race, and uh, he, the, uh, Thomas is coming off the bench for the pulled goalie. He's got absolutely zero chance of stopping Archibald. The only way Archibald was not getting a breakaway into the empty net is if he toe picks and falls down on right. his own because Thomas is coming, going the wrong direction, trying to beat, stop a guy with full speed. But Archibald just, uh, the first 25 games of the season, I think was a feeling out process for both Sheehan and Archibald, trying to find where they fit in on this team, what they're capable of doing, what the team needs out of them. Their work ethic was there, but they, they lacked a little finish. They, they just didn't have what some were expecting, a little bit of offensive pedigree. Over the last month and a half, two months, they've gained the confidence. They've started becoming an elite penalty-killing unit when they play together, and they've started to add a little bit offensively. Both Shane and Archibald have scored in the past in the National Hockey League between 12 and 15 goals. They're capable of doing it, and quality minutes. The thing that you like about Archibald, and Dave Tippett talked about it, he can move up and down your lineup. So when you're missing a guy like Neil, who's your first line left winger, all of a sudden, okay, we'll put Archie up there and then we'll fill the third line with somebody else. All right, Neil comes back. Archie's now going back into his checking role. 
So those are players that coaches love to have because you trust them and you trust them in different positions in your lineup. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Daryl on the phone as the Oilers beat the Blues 4-2. Hey, Daryl, what's on your mind? Oh, I was going to talk about Dreisaitl and, and how well he's playing, but listening to you guys, I've, um, I think a big difference in the Oilers this year compared to last year is Dave Tippett. I believe in the uh, in the fourth, or in sorry, in the third period, that fourth line was struggling throughout the whole game. But what did he do? He didn't play that fourth line in the third period. So I really give him kudos for that. As well, I I think with the goaltending, he knows exactly when you know Smith is on his game and when to insert Koskinen. So I, I think a lot of recognition has to go to Dave Tippett. No, I agree. Dave I Tippett think he's is, doing a good job. He's a very good coach. He does have more tools to work with than the Oilers had last year. I mean, at the end of the year last year, the Oilers had I mean, six McClellan or seven was nominated for Coach of the Year. Yes. The, McClellan, the I, I think McClellan's a good coach. I think yeah, Ken so Hitchcock's a good coach, maybe a little past his due date. But the Oilers, two things. Tippett's doing a great job, but they're a better team than they had last year. Their depth players are much better. When they have injuries and they can put a Jones in who scored tonight or they can put, uh, well, Russell went in tonight. They moved Archibald up to the first line. Those are, well, they had got career minor leagues, minor league players last year playing top six, top nine minutes because they had no one else that could fill the roles. Ken Holland has done a very good job of finding players to complement their stars, and that is another big reason why the Oilers are having the success they're having so far this year. Daryl, we're going to finish the play. You already have eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code JET. Here we go. 2-0 Edmonton. First period goals by Settle and Caleb Jones. Big hit by Larson on Bozak. That shook the puck free. All right, uh, Daryl, did Larson take a penalty on that play yes or no nope he did not you win your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at fast track indoor karting that's valued at a thousand bucks safe adrenaline pumping fun fast track karting edmonton.com let's uh quickly head down to the blues dressing room they are coached by craig barubi here he is for bdo first call debt solutions bankruptcies and consumer proposals license insolvency trustees Starting first uh, what do you turn the debt to um, well, our, our puck execution wasn't very good for sure. We just we watched. We didn't skate. And didn't win many battles, and they they were uh, you know they they jumped early, had good energy, got on us, and you know forced us to turn pucks over, and we didn't make very good plays with the puck. It is on. You uh, you, you you crawl back, you tie the or scratch back, you tie the game two two, and then uh, you know that that, that go ahead goal, the game winner. You, you, well. You can't have two guys. Yeah, can't have two DM one guy, so it's just a mistake. And he, he, he um, you know, he made a great shot. Yeah. So just a bad judgment. But Both his goals were given by us, yeah. and uh, you know, I mean, thought the second period we were really good, and the third period we were good. We tied the game up, and things were fine. Yeah. And you, you obviously you talk today about you can't give McDavid and Drysidle space and that's basically what he had on both goals. Well we give we give him freebies like turn the puck over and he walked in on the first one of his you know turned it over and he walks out right 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 down the middle of the ice and rips one and then you know basically a half partial breakaway on the second one. 
Is it just a lack of communication there with uh, Falk and Petro, or should Falk, well, no, should Falk just stay, just stay where he's, uh, on his side and let Petro just accept the rush? Yeah. And then uh, on the uh, the empty netter, you, you just decided right. <laughs> well, I wanted to, if I got a if I got a stop with play, I would have called the timeout and pulled the goalie, but I didn't, and it was running down. We had possession of the puck, so I pulled it, but we lost it and lost the puck, and we went down. Jake wasn't happy with the first two goals, I guess, didn't How did you see this? Um, well, I don't know about the first one. That's a pretty good shot. I mean, he, he's walking right in there. Second one, yeah, he probably is not happy with it. But, you know. you, it's just three games, but you, you, the team's kind of had trouble getting to uh, your game coming out of the break. How do you, how do you, how do you get back? I didn't feel that in Vancouver. You know, I, I, didn't, you know, I didn't feel that in Vancouver. I thought that uh, we came out. You know, pretty good and uh, had good energy in that uh, first period. Calgary game, yeah, not very good. And tonight in the first period here, not very good. So, you know, we got to dial it in. We got a game tomorrow, and you know, just got to move on past this game and worry about the Jets tomorrow now. All right, Craig Berube, head coach of the uh, St. Louis Blues. Kyle Morris working in the Blues dressing room tonight. Quick timeout for the news and weather, then we're back in Studio 99. Oilers take it 4-2. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Schwartz cross ice, O'Reilly, net is empty, Perron, had it poked away, Archibald with an empty net, around a diving Thomas, he'll shoot and score! Josh Archibald, an empty netter! All right, that sealed it with a minute 41 left. Shorthanded, Oilers beat St. Louis 4-2. That means a $100 donation to 630 Jet Santa's Anonymous from Ascended Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascended Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. 25 goals or $25 for every goal all season goes to 630 Jet Santa's Anonymous from Ascendant Financial. So the Oilers tied with Calgary for second in the Pacific. Both teams with 60 points. The Oilers do have a game in hand, and they play each other tomorrow. That should be a fun one. I I mean, the hype was so huge for the last game when these two teams met. You didn't think you'd have any chance of coming close to living up to the hype, and it did. Now this one, the, the hype's not as big going into tomorrow's game, but the points are just as important. I'm expecting Calgary to come out with a little more energy. I think they've got the home crowd, as we heard John Shannon talking about. The arena just allows it to be a little bit louder, seem it anyways. The Oilers have a chance to take five out of six points coming out of this All-Star break against teams in their conference. That's huge. They they would like, I don't think you need, but you would like to have uh, a win against the Calgary Flames before the season is out because there's a, a good chance that both teams are in the playoffs and a good chance you're going to play each other. You'd like to have a little bit of confidence going into that. So uh, it's, again, another test. Calgary's playing very good right now. The Oilers are playing very good right now. It should be an entertaining game. Got it. I, I don't know if this text is serious, but I, I'm going to read it because we do have some younger listeners, not of our vintage, Rob, not with the <laughs> memory bank that we have. Uh, this texture says, is that what it was like watching Gretzky and Messier, two guys battling it out on the same team for the Art Ross? No, because Messier did not produce points <laughs> anywhere near what Gretzky did. And oftentimes it was Courier Coffee that was actually the second leading scorer. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let's talk about it too. We are 51 games into the season right now. 
Connor McDavid is having a great year. Connor McDavid has been healthy all season long, and he's second in scoring on the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, Leon Dreisaitl now is two points ahead uh, of Connor McDavid in the scoring race. I, I mean, that's. I mean, I think you could have you could have bet at the beginning of the season in Vegas, and no no one's going to have that in their their odds. But this is the type of season that Leon's having. Uh, I know that we had a caller the other night that was not happy with Leon and and went on a, a long diatribe about him. But Leon Dreisaitl was the Oilers' best player tonight. He was dominant in this game. And the fact that the Oilers have found and brought Yamamoto up here and turned uh, Leon into a second-line center or first line, depending on how you want to look at it, and, and separated Connor and Leon, we are seeing what the Oilers are capable of doing if they have a two-headed prong, and that's what they have right now. Because tonight, Leon didn't have to go against Bo Meester and, and, and uh, Pareko. And all of a sudden, you got Justin Falk trying to play against him. He can't do that. So this is what you can do when you have a, a, a solid second line. And right now, Leon Dreisettle, or well, tonight anyways, was outstanding. And one of the big reasons the Oilers got two points. 4-2 Edmonton wins. 780-496-0063 is the number to both call and text. We have Toby on the line. Toby, thanks for giving us a ring. Go ahead. Hi, Toby, are you there? Okay, I guess we lost. Toby, if, uh, if you're out there, give us a ring back. 780-496-0063. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, almost there tonight, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Triple-A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses at Japanese Village. I, I, I am really intrigued to see what happens. Like, I... I don't know, just from the way they're talking, it sounds to me pretty unlikely Neil plays. Um, I don't know. I, I would almost be inclined to leave Archibald up there to start the game and maybe start Benson. If he goes in, I guess we still have to say if. Start him in more of a depth role, and then maybe depending on how the game goes, you give him some shifts I there. mean, that's the easy... And don't forget, he's going to be on the second unit power play. As yeah. Tim said before the game. <laughs> well, he's going to have to be introduced He'll to the second unit. second... Nobody knows the second unit power play for, for the Oilers. Uh, that, that's easy in that way to do it is to start him as a depth player, and that probably makes the most sense. But I'm just looking at a team right now where uh, Connor McDavid hasn't, that line has not been producing at Connor McDavid numbers since Leon and Connor split up in, in their lines. And one of the big reasons they don't have a playmaker now playing with Connor. They've got Cassian, who is a fantastic third fiddle on, on a first line. He creates space, he's physical, keeps plays alive, but he's not going to give Connor the, the, the well, for a great example, Yamamoto sends Leon in on a partial breakaway today. Connor's not getting those plays made. Benson has the ability to do that at the minor league level. He had the, that ability at the junior level, so now you want to see if he's capable of doing it at the National Hockey League level. Well, why not give him an opportunity? I have a feeling, whether it's the beginning of the game, second period or whenever it is at some point tomorrow Benson will get a look playing with Connor McDavid it, it's easy right now because Neil's not in the lineup right so it's easy right now because you're moving players around anyways why not try the offensively skilled player that you brought up from the minors in an offensive skilled position all right we'll get to Douglas on the phone line in a couple of minutes we got to take a quick timeout Oilers win at 4-2 over the Blues good game at Rogers place overtime open line courtesy Heartland Ford 
Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. But he practiced yesterday and given clearance by Craig Berube tonight. Turned over by the Blues. Nugent Hopkins to drive title scores. A slapper from the left circle. He beats Jake Allen and dry settles 28. First of two tonight for Dreisaitl. He got the Oilers' first goal, got their third goal that turned out to be the game winner. The Oilers beat the Blues 4-2 at Rogers Place. So Edmonton's record now 27-18-6. The Blues are 31-13-8. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins inside Studio 99. We have Douglas at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Douglas. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Hey, you made my night. Because uh, I used to have uh, season tickets with my father uh, during the Gretzky days and everything, and yeah, it was beautiful. But the the comeback that the guys had today was so beautiful, and I ex- described it to him, and he said, "I mean, we beat St. Louis." He spoke. He actually spoke, and it was beautiful. So. I love you guys. Keep on going, Oil. Well, thanks for sharing that story, Douglas. We appreciate it. And, and a, a, a good point about, about the Oilers coming back, even though they never, they never trailed. But the Blues dominated the second period, and I thought, okay, you know, the Oilers held them to one. And the Oilers were able to get two in the period they won. And then early in the third period, Thomas tied and, and, and lost in that 10 seconds before that. Koskinen made a great save on Bosak, like right in front. And, and then the Blues kept the pressure on and, and were able to, to go ahead. But Edmonton, they didn't, you know, they didn't wilt. They, even when they were getting outplayed, I didn't sense, I mean, I'm sure they were frustrated, but I, I didn't sense that, you know, they were getting down on themselves or starting to think, ah, it's slipping away. Well, every, there, there's no perfect game. There's going to be times, especially when you're playing against good teams, and the St. Louis Blues are, there's going to be times where you're on your your heels and they're pushing and they're going to get opportunities. They're going to control the play for, you know, a couple shifts, two, three shifts. But what the Oilers have, we've seen for the most part this season as compared to before is they bend, they don't break. Years gone by, they broke. If they wouldn't get the save they needed or they lose the big face off or they lose their, their man in the defensive zone or they give up a big odd man break and they would just it just the momentum keep going against them but part of it is confidence but part of it also is they're just a better team they have better depth they have players that they can put out on the ice that when things are going sideways for them they okay let's put this line out we know they're going to get it going right in the right direction and then if that doesn't work the next line is a pretty good line so this is just a much deeper oiler team than we've seen in a long long time and i mean all you have to do is look at the second line Forever, It was Ryan Nugent Hopkins on a second line by himself, and he's trying to keep that line afloat. Well, now the second line with, with Leon and Yamamoto and Ryan are dominant. And, and the others are two, two lines deep offensively, and then they throw out a third line with Shan on it that can check the other team uh, to death and, and keep momentum going in the right way. And then tonight they had some veterans on their, their fourth line in a Gagne and a chase on. So this is just a much deeper team. They don't have guys that are playing up here that shouldn't be here. And last year, there were times where there'd be six, seven guys in the lineup 
that shouldn't have been well, playing in the, the National last, Hockey League. last season. Yeah. They, yeah. And so this is a much better hockey club. This is, to me, and the way they're playing, the way things are set up for right now, this is a team that should be a playoff hockey club. And they just got to continue doing the things right that they're doing. But it all comes down to one thing is goaltending. I don't care how good you are offensively. I mean, the San Jose Sharks, great example. There's, I've watched a couple of their games where they've dominated games and haven't got a save. Right now, the Edmonton Oilers are getting saves from both goalies. 4-2 the final tonight. Kyler Yamamoto picked up his eighth point in the last 10 games. Here he is. I don't remember too much, but I remember getting the puck, and then I saw Drat going um, you know, to my right and just tried to get it over. And um, as you can tell, Drat did the rest. So uh, it was a pretty sweet goal, and um, you know, glad he scored it. How, uh, how much do you think your team doing what it did in the third period tonight against the Stanley Cup champions can just kind of help you guys as a group? Oh, it's big. Um, you know, we need to play like that every game. Um, you know, when we're playing that, uh, we're a hard team to beat. So if we can keep that up, um, I think we'll, we'll be a good team. What do you... Uh You've seen uh, Leon and played a little bit with Connor, but now they are getting sort of a steady diet of working alongside Leon. What do you kind of make of his talent? He's, uh, he's one of the best players in the league, uh, that's for sure. It's The stuff he does with the puck, It's uh, not many people can do it, and um, you know it's pretty easy playing with him. So uh, you know, hopefully I can keep playing with him and um, we can keep building our chemistry. Yamamoto tonight, an assist in 15-53 of ice time and uh, that's about he's been averaging 1547 so he's been playing 15 to 16 minutes both both nights and to go back to the the uh, it's like spotting the yeti when you see the Oilers second power play unit hey get a fuzzy photograph but well, but I, I think it's it's good that Yamamoto can play five on five you don't have to put him on the power play and then if power play has an 0 for 7 stinker he's not part of that you know what I mean and and the one power play they had today was was terrible it was. Uh, it, what I think is amazing is some of the stats that like Cassian has this year and what Yamamoto's done in his last 10 games without any power play time. And it's not like they're ever going to get any power play time unless there's two or three guys going down with injuries. I don't know if I've seen uh, a team in the National Hockey League in a long, long time that has a, its first unit that plays as much as the Oilers' first unit does. Like, there, there's no thought of R&H, McDavid, or Drysettle coming off their power play. Right. Like, they'll, get the, they'll go back into their own zone to get the puck with 20 seconds to go in the power play, and they're still trying to bring it up, trying to score a goal. So uh, when you start looking at stats and, and you start saying, well, you know, the Oilers have this big drop-off from their top three to, to, to down low, well, part of it is, too, that there's no one else getting power play points in your lower level players. And normally, there'll be a guy on your third line or two guys in your third line or someone on your fourth line that gets out on a power play and maybe he'll pick up 12. Like Chase on Chase would be on. the closest to Quill. Yes. And he, and he's, well, he's still on the first power play, but other than him, there's no one. So the stats that Yamamoto's put up, the stats that Cassian has put up, is quite impressive because they're doing it all five on five. And it's hard to score in the National Hockey League five on five. But Yamamoto has found himself a, a place. And give credit to him too. Because he went down to the minors, he fixed things that needed to be fixed in his game, he gained confidence, and when he came up here, when he was given the opportunity, he grabbed it. And now, right now, it's one of those things where you can't even think of going forward of a second line that doesn't have those two. And like, when people, what are they going to do with the lines? So like, tell you one line, oh, they're not touch touching. You yeah. might touch McDavid's line, you might touch three and four, but you're not touching Drysaddle's line. They are that good right now. Oilers win at 4-2. You'll hear from Blues goaltender Jake Allen when we get back. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. 
Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The final Oilers 4, Blues 2, St. Louis goaltender Jake Allen for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Came out so sluggish there in the first period. Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. We just didn't really execute there that first period. Obviously, they came out strong and you know hemmed us in for that most of that uh, those 20 minutes. Uh, I thought we responded pretty well in the second. Um, but yeah, we uh, definitely didn't have the start we wanted for myself out, and, and uh, you know, next thing you know, you're behind the eight ball. So. Yes, uh, two goals in 17 seconds, man. That can change the course of the game pretty quick. Huh? Oh, I take a lot of responsibility for that. You know, that can't happen. Uh, and, and you know, my objective is to shut the door the, door the rest of that period. Uh, I wasn't very happy with those two goals. So, um, you know, boys battled back. We had a chance, but uh, just wasn't uh, enough execution all around. Well, why weren't you uh, happy with the, the two goals? It's hard for us. They both should not go in on an NHL goalie. All right, Jake Allen frustrated with uh, a couple of goals tonight, uh, especially uh, the Jones goal that made it 2-0. I, I want to go back to the first goal of the game, and I, I hate – we're not picking on the guy that called last game and, and didn't like Dreisaitl's game, but even great players make mistakes. And the interesting thing about the first goal of the game, it was – looked like should have been a relatively simple cross-ice pass from Alex Petrangelo to Jay Bomeister, two of the best defensemen in the NHL for the past – decade and somehow they just missed each other and Nuge sends in Dreisaitl down the left wing for the big slap shot. Well, which, what goaltender was it a few years ago that talked, or no it was, I think it was Sacro when he was here, he talked about if, if every game was perfect, if no mistakes were made, every game would be 0-0 zero, zero. great players make mistakes and we talked about it, they, they'll make mistakes but they make more better plays than they make poor plays and on that one two good players made a, made a mistake and, and the Oilers made them pay because they had their best players on the ice and took full advantage of it. So last game, yes, I agree last game that Leon did not have a great game. But to me, that doesn't really affect the way his season has gone. He's leading the league in scoring. Like, he's got more points than McKinnon and McDavid and Kane and name anyone because he's got more than everyone. And then on that one there, too, uh, Leon would have been disappointed if that puck didn't go in the net. If you give him that much time and he can skate into a slap shot from just above the hash marks, he's going to score that 99 out of 100 times. He just blew it by Al Allen had absolutely zero chance on that. But, yeah, good players make mistakes. They make all the time. Normally they make more good ones, and those are the ones you remember. So the Oilers go 6-1-2 and two in January. They're 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. That coincides with Yamamoto's call-up. Dreisaitl has a 10-game point streak, 18 points in those 10 games. He takes the NHL scoring lead, sole possession of it, 79-77 to 77 over McDavid. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I mentioned it earlier. This was game 51 of the season for the Oilers. Dreisaitl had 27 goals at this point last year and wound up with 50. He already has 29 this year. Well, again, it's it, this will be a race for 50, a race for the playoffs, a race for the scoring title. There were a lot of really cool storylines that we're going to see over the last 30 games of this season. Oilers right in the thick of it in the Pacific Division. Another big divisional showdown tomorrow with the Calgary Flames. 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Chet. The game will start at 8. You can get more on 6.30Chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30 Chet. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. 
On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. It is Edmonton 4, St. Louis 2, your final. Have a great night. <laughs>